0: Dominance and submission, so our third chakra, and to kind of really understand what it means when I'm taking totally over for somebody, taking full responsibility, and I'm 200% present, 100% for myself, and 100% for myself. And the, the surrender, when I mean, can I really surrender to life? And I really give up. I really give up. Mm-hmm. I let life take me.
1: So my guest today has a tremendous, incredible introduction. (laughs) Maybe one of the longest and most interesting lives led. Um, And so I'm gonna be chatting today with Jonathan Berger, who is transgender and has a, a fascinating journey, including an MA in feminist studies and a PhD in queer theory. He is also the founder of many trans organizations and trans activism. Um, And alongside that has also had a huge management career working with human rights and peace building and humanitarian issues, uh, but later moved his work into the field of Tantra, really feels that his soul calling is Tantra, working with love and divine union spirituality Alongside that, there's also a lot of experience and training in coaching, in mediumship, family constellations, also a qualified mentor, mentorship. And he has his own tantra school, which is called Consensual, Embody Your Temple. Um, and, that, and, and as well as that, if that wasn't enough, <laughs> also trained in Chinese medicine and shiatsu and trauma body work, what a life well lived! So it is my joy to invite Jonathan here today. <laughs> Did um, I do you justice?
0: <laughs> absolutely, thank you. Too much. <laughs> thank you, Sashi, and I'm I'm so honoured to be here. And <laughs> welcome to everybody who's listening or or watching us. I'm very honoured that you're taking the time to take a look. Mm.
1: It was my joy to meet you at a tantra festival where we were both facilitating. And I grasped very quickly that you cover so many interesting areas of Tantra. And I've already said, I think we need to do more than one podcast together uh, because there are so many areas um, that you have really specialized in. Um, And of course, you know, working with transgender has been a huge part of that, right? But then also you're working with what many people would call BDSM, um, or things that are traditionally maybe looked like BDSM, but in a kind of tantric way. And I thought today it would be really interesting to dive into that because I was fascinated watching your work at how, you know, you were using these things that people might associate with, with pain or even abusive-looking situations and yet helping people heal trauma. And I thought, this is fascinating, and I want to I want to talk with this guy about these things. <laughs> so, Maybe you can share a bit. I mean, I have shared your bio here, but what about your your own life journey? How did you how did you get into all of these things? Do you want to share a bit about how you ended up where you well, are now?
0: <laughs> given that um, you know it's it's been a, a rather long life already, um, it, it it can be a long story. But I'm going to try <laughs> and bring it down to three threads. So I'm one of these maybe rare, um, more traditional. Uh, Trans people who, who've known all their life. Um, so when I was very little, I could really say that I'm I'm a boy. Yeah. At the time, that was all that was available was to be something else. Took uh, uh, many many years to understand that I'm both and and none. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So that's one theme is that whole theme of gender and gender identity and and this voyage of finding that union in myself and embodying fully. So this mm. may maybe the biggest pain for. for I would say most transgender sex people is that we're not allowed to embody who we are exactly mm-hmm. and actually mm-hmm. like our bodies and actually see them as temple and understand how divine transgender sex people are from the beginning because they're already unifying in themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's one theme that's going through. The other theme in my life is always sexuality. So it's very sexually active from from the beginning, uh, from very little on. And it's super important for me. And I, pretty early on as a child, already understood that just, how much good this can do being in these pleasure states, and how my brain how present i would be and i would as a child already start to like travel with that energy um Mm. i think potentially i've had my kundalini awake the whole time but then obviously also many things happened like childhood rape and being in a children's home and other things that weren't so good and that covered that out and the third theme that was really important throughout my life was uh, my religion or spirituality is probably the better word for it, uh, for people to understand. So, yes, I identify Christian, but not in a very, uh, yeah, known uh, way or a very, very mainstream, way. So, um, so yeah, and it was very, very important to my childhood and my youth. Um, I was very engaged in the Catholic uh, Church, and so, and I never managed to bring these things together. So then when I, I, I lived in New Zealand for many years and went to university there and, Found all this feminism and um, and understood. Uh, I came out as a lesbian, lived as a lesbian for many, many years, and then also uh, um, uh, found trans I, for the first time. I, somebody there at the university was doing a PhD on trans people, and I was like,
1: ah,
0: oh. wow. it was just such a revelation. And then when I came back from New Zealand again and, and moved to Berlin, then all of a sudden I found the lesbian <laughs> SM scene at the time. And this was the one place. Finally, I had a space for sexuality. Mm-hmm. Finally, it was a space in where I could be who I am, whatever, you know, like, and I could get into my fetishes. I loved military games. I loved uniforms all my life. You know, I, <laughs> I was fascinated by uniforms, but obviously morally, ethically, I never wanted to join the police or the military. But there we had boot really <laughs> camps of all of these, you know, trendy boys and lesbians. We would do military games and got busted by the police. And anyway, so I became, this was the one space I, I did, like, something like a real apprenticeship. Still, mm. seen to become a, a, a top a dominant and to uh, to submit, learn via submitting. And, uh, and then I'm with a gay friend together, very much as MC Inactive, we founded the very ever first queer um, play party. Mm-hmm. And it was the part of the world, because I didn't think it existed even in the US at that point in time. It was very hard for us to find a club where we would be allowed. So, Because there were only gay clubs, you know, and women weren't allowed. Um, we found one where we could be on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> this is where experiment started. And it's still running today, 20 years later.
1: Wow. Um, So I'm hearing a theme. I'm hearing a theme here that actually throughout your life, the difficult one of the big difficulties is like finding a a place to be yourself and to express yourself and to find others who can meet you there. Right. Those kind of themes that I'm sure many people recognize in in other ways that it's it's about just, you know, having permission to be yourself and feeling and feeling the space to express it as well. Yeah exactly a big part then, of the journey yeah and then but then there was one other thing that happened in
0: my life i had 30 years of very heavy de- depression and i was suicidal for many years and actually the more self-development i did um and then also started to, um, you know with my um with my training as a medium and getting clairvoyant and seeing and you know like hearing feeling the, all of these things but my depression never lifted
1: you no know, mm. the more
0: self-development i did and becoming a coach and all things. The my depression got. Interesting. And it was really um, heavy. And then I also stopped with the BD- BDSM scene um, because it was somehow not. It, it wasn't. I wasn't able to include the sacredness and my the spirituality, which then became mm-hmm. more and more important for me. And and I thought, okay, well, I need to get out of the more sexual earthy thing and more into the spirituality. And mm-hmm. and it was only in the end with Tantra when I found Tantra and learning this, um, actually, so, so my path of Tantra was in the Temple of Tantric Arts with Alexa Mira and I will be grateful to Alexa for the rest of my life. She's been mm-hmm. the most incredible teacher. And it went, my depression went to never Wow,
1: come wow. I've... So you, what you're sharing here is that the conventional BDSM scene at least what you were experiencing was kind of cut off from spirituality and so although you had that space for the sexual exploration it was it was creating some pain somewhere some existential pain maybe like very profound pain that led to depression because it wasn't it wasn't unifying and integrated with your spirituality and then and then when you found Tantra and had a space wide enough to integrate those two then that was what healed the depression.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Just with one correction, the BDSM scene co- did not cause depression in me at all. Okay. It was just one, one big liberation and one amazing, right? <laughs> so that definitely not, um, it, I was depressed because of all the the the, 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 um, the trans things and the, 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 right. the violence that I was experiencing the whole time and my youth that was so uh you know the violations and all of this that that that's where the
1: right so life traumas life traumas were creating the depression and then how did tantra start healing those life traumas was it like instantaneous or
0: just by learning how to let you know get better at feeling instead of trying to feel better Finally, break down all of these walls of you know. In our brain, when we when we take walls down, then the brain puts up even higher walls because it's a protection mechanism. Yeah. So there was trauma and violation. So the brain puts up these walls and protection mechanisms so we wouldn't go there again. Yeah. Uh, Normal learning. Once you hit a hot plate as a child. You don't hit it again because the brain has understood that when it's hot, it hurts. Mm-hmm. And so same thing. So you get violated, the brain says, Oh, that hurt. We're not gonna do this one again. Mm-hmm. So it's preventing you from opening up, from being intimate, or it's making you depressed. So mm-hmm. to protect you from ever going into that situation again in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. So I'm very interested in neuroscience and mm-hmm. the, how this works. So um so I was the more you try and scratch on it, the more it builds up resistance, as long as you keep working via the head, when mm. you actually work via the body, so the body can actually complete protection, it can let the energy run, and the energy can freely, you know, the, the, the channels are clear, and that's when the pressure can go away, mm-hmm. because it can finally be there, so the what pathway was, and, and I still remember it, it was sort of was carrying the washing down, and in the middle of the stairs, all of a sudden, it went, pom, and, I thought basically I thought like, oh okay, so I'm depressed and that's it. And I accepted it for the first time in my life. Fully. 150%. Just accepted. It. That was it. And by the time I reached the bottom of the stairs, it was gone.
1: <laughs> amazing. What a great story. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: so when I was in the in the Temple of Dante Gods very, very early on, um, uh, Alexa was, you know, in her openness and amazing in our expansion, she was, she was really interested in this BDSM stuff, but it not her thing, mm. and she was very clear about that. But she really wanted it because she thought this is amazing. We can get so, do so much shadow work and so much. Mm. Yeah. So but she invited me to co-facilitate with her at one uh-huh. her, her retreats, and I've done that for many, many years. So, this is where it started, and this is how consensual started, and eventually took it out and have this own school, which is focused on tantric, BDSI. And that's how, over years and years, I developed new ways of doing bondage, new ways mm. of doing flogging or mud play, or you know, this innocence in play and fun in mm. you know, a concept, bringing it all together with spirituality and mm. the whole idea of the union and the divine. And that was also something that had so much space, and Alexa's field, um mm. so much yeah, so much possibility. So so Tantra really became this this thing. And now for a few years I've been I kind of have my own my own uh, retreats, my whole own whole programme yeah, which was initiation to healing and integration yeah. and from there to dominance and to submission. Learning really can stand your have your power, but also surrender to life fully. Yeah. And then the last bit is embodying divine spirit.
1: Amazing. So I would love to break down some of those pieces for people who are listening who are a bit new to things. So one thing is we tend to know about BDSM and then you just mentioned BDSI. So could you explain what those two things mean and why BDSM became BDSI? I think that's a, a good yeah. place well, to start. I made up,
0: <laughs> I made up <laughs> the acronym <laughs> I Take Ownership. It was very good. Yeah. <laughs> Like basically, as I said, for me when I was when I grew up in the in the scene and the lesbian and queer scene, it was SM sadomasochism, mm-hmm. and I could never do anything with that. It was never about that. This is not what I played. I did fantasy play. I did role play. I did bondage. I loved flogging. Um, you know, working with pain. I needles. You know, like the lot, but never never sadomasochism. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I don't think this is what it's about at all, it's definitely not what I want to work with. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get rid of this, Um right. whole reference to that. So bondage, dominance, submission, and impact playing mm-hmm. is what I do, tantric. Mm-hmm. So I mean, very spiritual, um, <laughs> as well as very sexual, playing fun and innocence, like mm-hmm. ultimate fun. Our retreats are full of laughter and playing and fantasy and just being good. So. But that's, that's important, yeah? So it's it basically dropping this whole idea of sadomasochism because for me, mm. yeah, it's just a personal feeling. But this is where a lot of old games and addictions and, um, yeah, the non-sacred side, the mm-hmm. kind of unconscious side. Mm-hmm. Comes in. And that's why I stopped in the BDSM scene, so to speak, because it was too unconscious for me. And I had found a place where I could practice this in a conscious way. Mm. with actually going to bottom of what consent means
1: Mm -hmm. yeah right because what one thing we can see in this it when it's unconscious is just the replaying of patterns right like if you were abused as a child then you just want to have partners abuse you more and then there's a question of are we actually healing here or are we just addicted to familiar patterns yeah. and i suppose the question is how do we use these these kind of encounters power games role play how do we use that for healing there's a question
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in, in a very beautiful way i just also want, want to say a large part of the bdsm scene is conscious or, or has many conscious pockets i do not want to be judgmental yeah i think the big difference to understand is that um, we in order to be addicted and do things in an unconscious way we don't need BdSM you don't need to hit somebody uh, to be in an abusive relationship you know like we can do this and I saw many of us in abusive relationships because we are used to being abused mm-hmm. so BdSM is not at the cause of abusive relationships but also the, the point about it being um, healing is that it, it when it becomes tantric and we are actually um, so we are combining something. So BDSM is amazing at getting the energy going in the lower chakras.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, the kind of pleasure that you can have through the endomorphins in the skin, in the skin through a beautiful, beautiful build-up, small, you know, going, love-streaming, flow efficient is so multiple to the effort you have to make to learn to come with the same kind of pleasure feeling through a position mm-hmm. or meditation. Um, it's yeah, with a massage maybe yeah, but it's sort of the the, the possibilities are just amazing, and then you move that up all of that energy that you have in the lower chakra so to speak, including the third chakra, very important. So this again, the so tantric bead is eye that actually knows how to work with the third chakra.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so tantra really, to my mind, doesn't. And then you move that up to the heart. The heart is the most important, the most important work, and you move it up, you know, and that's what tantra does. It goes, it goes, and then it yeah. comes into the spiritual so when you look at healing this is exactly um h- how you need to think about it again exactly the way we think about it in tantra and in body work and trauma body work so the body was unable so the nervous system had a shock mm-hmm. it wasn't resilient at that moment it couldn't be particularly not if it happens to you as a child or something like this and then you, you the, the violation keeps playing in the body the body keeps replaying this Constantly, energetically. You need to give the body a possibility to defend itself and complete the protective action. Mm-hmm. Be in control. And the very first thing, and that's why we call it conceptual, is because we are sensing our consent. We sense, and it's the most important step. It's also the most important step for me. Mm-hmm. We are the biggest violators against ourselves. This is where the worst is. I say yes to something and it's actually no. Mm-hmm. That's the, yeah, and this is how we tremble, is how we ourselves. And then afterwards we complain and the other person says, But you said yes.
1: But you said yes.
0: <laughs> and, and so again, tantric PDSI gives you the amazing opportunity to learn negotiation.
1: How, why okay. do people do that and how do you help people to to understand yeah, what they want? But, like that's such a big thing.
0: Yeah, it's is to get much better at feeling. Mm-hmm. So really, we do exercises of, of body distance. And, you know, sometimes like a participant works with an assistant and the assistant ends up in the garden. <laughs> that's the right distance. Right. <laughs> and we let that stand. That's how your body actually feels. Can you, can you mm. become aware of that? Mm. And then, so once that awareness comes in, then the second step is that we really practice negotiation.
1: Mm. And we
0: practice it with the practice of collaring, putting a collar around somebody, snake, just as a practice, nothing else happens, but the call has been put on. And beforehand, you talk about everything and we really teach everything you need to ask. A million questions, we share fantasies. We, What if I do this to you? What there? And everything? always questioning, hmm, no, maybe, you know? And then the total respect that if there was a no, then even during the scene, you cannot make it a yes. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. one of these rules, yeah? So because maybe it changes during the scene, but then that's for next time. Mm. So there's no effect of pleasing. Mm. Or, oh, now I feel different. Maybe you can't go there. No, mm-hmm. if you said no, you've said no.
1: Mm-hmm. You Super important.
0: Yeah. Everything can happen energetically in tantric BDSM. This mm-hmm. is the beauty of it. Nothing needs to actually touch your body.
1: Mm. So
0: all of this negotiation. And then you can move to um, to learning how to, for example... Give you the crisis example, and I've had this I've dozens of, of, of those scenes that we have done and our retreats, um, rape experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so these are gross violations that have happened. And again, how can you come back to a situation that is not real, but that gives the body the chance to be fully in control? Mm. So I'm once a lot of work is done, and it's mostly women that have this, and then they actually say, Okay, so this is how it happened. And then we get some very conscious men who know how to wield their masculinity well. It's enacted energetically, only. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Energetically. And the woman is totally in control. Mm-hmm. She, once she has other women around who help, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and we reenact it in a bodywork way. Uh, and the main thing with it is bring pleasure. Back, yeah. So many have had violations, and the worst thing in their mind is, oh, "But somehow I must have liked it, or I liked it, and mm. do it." You know, and these all these bad conscious conscience things. Yeah, have an opportunity to really, even in a in a horrible situation like this, to really um, go go there and let the body finish it. So there might be a pushing. What yeah. there might be a going to pleasure, mm-hmm. depending on what. You know, her body then actually actually says, and if there's a pushing off, then we do the slow motion pushing off.
1: Yeah, and that so that brings back the empowerment when we were overpowered in a situation, and then that's incomplete and that's held as a trauma. But once you've reenacted it and then pushed the person away again, if that's what you needed, then you heal the trauma through the body.
0: Exactly, and because because for example, so much violence happens and children are being hit or. So, because of all of these implements, one of the first things we do, you know, we have this altar of these beautiful, very sacred things, and people can touch it and say, "Wow, okay, this vlogger." Ooh, I, you know, like it really scares me. And then we can start working with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the 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 tools are what some of the most sacred objects here, and mm-hmm. you know. And I say to people, you know, you're gonna have a knife, and you can cut an apple and share it with your friend. Or you can stick that knife into your friend's back. Mm. It's not the fault of the knife. Mm. It's your intention. So am I engaging um, with a flogger or a cane to induce violence and to punish? No. Or am I engaging to produce pleasure and fun and play and in, negotiated in, in negotiated, consensual space? And, mm-hmm. you know, like, there are three ways of pulling a belt out of your pants.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, so
1: are people are people are people then having like so say someone was then a parent who got a belt and slapped them so obviously that's pain it's trauma it's humiliation so many different aspects to it It, it, you have no agency you have no control all of these things there's the pain the lack of agency the humiliation um and so then later if you play with a belt how how do you how does that person want to play with it do they how do, you, how do you transform that childhood experience? Is it, is it through pain or is there pleasure with it? like can you go into that in a little more detail?
0: Hmm. So if we really on, there are many there's, there's pleasure, there's playing, there's innocence, there's dominance and submission, there's spirituality and there's this trauma healing yeah So if we now just focus on that part yeah, mm-hmm. which is quite different, there, there would be quite a, a, a road of work before a belt would ever mm-hmm. get near to your body.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we first need to really find that safe. So b- before that, there would be other body work that lets you find the grain of safety, the seedling of safety in you. Um, there might be a, just a sort of, I touch the belt. It's my belt. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I There might be, a, first of all, I'm going to hit somebody else's a belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could be like it really depends where you know this very individual how how it's gonna go yeah mm-hmm. and then it, at some point bringing basically the aim would be to bring that belt potentially back into a pleasure thing but that might be mm-hmm. a several year long road mm-hmm. so that eventually I can enjoy this as a pleasurable experience. For example was a dominant of my choosing who I love and my relationship with and it's so pleasurable and I'm going through the roof with pleasure and we're having so much fun with each other Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the belt is a love instrument Mm -hmm. but again it's not about the belt it's not about needing to have the belt as a love instrument the belt is irrelevant it's Mm -hmm. going to help us to address and to integrate Mm -hmm. a nervous section of trauma and Mm -hmm make the body able to no longer go into that pattern mm-hmm. to understand that it is no longer dangerous mm-hmm. and in fact even in the end maybe may be pleasurable
1: mm.
0: so that would be one one way of how you can use these tools and these methods to to do healing and you can equally do it by pushing away or by right. you know, let me mention one version that we have again and again and again and that is um, and not, not necessarily always people who have had violation, but we all are very angry inside, mm-hmm. and we um, and we never lapa and again. Not particularly women um, are, are super angry, and they've never been allowed to be violent.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: women aren't allowed to be violent.
1: Yeah.
0: Boys learn you know I don't like you, no. I punch you
1: with the peacekeepers.
0: Yeah, we're peacekeepers and we're pleasers. Pleasers,
1: yeah.
0: The nice and girl. And, yeah, nice girl, can't scream. So one of the things we do in a shamanic uh, way often is that the, a woman will get a flogger and will ask for a man who's willing to stand in for the man or the violator or whatever it is that she needs to be really angry with mm-hmm. for once in her life at the top of her power, physical power. Mm. And we use floggers that are so soft <laughs> that for the man it's <laughs> an experience of pleasure, yeah, okay, <laughs> or an experience of process. We have a lot, so we have the man holding the man usually, mm-hmm. yeah. There might also be a lot of masculinity pain because flogging is, you know, like when rape is the, the punishment towards women in the patriarchal society, flogging the back was the punishment for men, mm. yeah, right. A lot of baggage around us, so we do a yeah. lot chakra opening work on, on masculinity for men drums held by men mm. that's what mm. i do actually then but here if you look at it so it's more the man standing in so there might be some process for that man but mostly it's about the woman so it's encouraged for all of the other women to really go there and to actually go at the top of her power and we mm. want to really it and hit and now we know it's in a safe context because there's no actual pain it's yeah enough to produce only a nice sense and the neck is covered and, you know, so in a, in a sense it's... Um, it's so safe. You, it's safe. So she can really go there with the energy in this body. energy, yes. And the man standing in will feel that energy and that's yes. often such a healing thing for the man who's standing in as well. Mm. So to
1: get
0: all of that energy, all of that anger from a woman,
1: mm-hmm. breathing
0: that through for once, letting that go, contributing to
1: to, Tell me how that just like how is that healing rather than harming, like for the one receiving? For the well, it's a choice to receive that. Are you ready to actually mm-hmm. receive the energy of wrath? Yeah,
0: <laughs> and to let that just flow through you, flow through your heart chakra, and accept mm-hmm. that you're now standing in for a system that has privileged men for thousands of years, mm-hmm. are you willing to stand for a different kind of masculinity that can receive that wrath, that can receive that wrath. That can be like the man often on another planet and we have even had things where it was the partner
1: yeah?
0: mm-hmm. and it became an incredible experience for the couple. Mm-hmm particularly mm-hmm. when women have had lots of violations happen to them and they still have trauma and often project on, on their partner and their partner mm-hmm. suffered from all of this mm-hmm. the opportunity for her to let some of that healing out and go really go go with it and allow that you know and uh, often we do this after the body work has happened yeah mm-hmm. after she's found her safety after we have gone through trauma yeah so we want to really make sure we're not re-traumatizing so we mm-hmm. really this, this is often end pieces it's not the first thing
1: that happens. yeah yeah do you know can I just share I just want to share one of my own experiences it fits in so neatly here I, I often say one of the biggest transformational moments of my whole life was in a tantra workshop where I was participating where we were doing a lot of kind of like family constellations uh, psychodrama mm-hmm. and we could and we could move through reenactments. And I had been in a relationship with an aggressive, violent man, and I always froze or became the pleaser. And I was so frustrated with myself and I wanted to break that. And so she set up with a man that felt like the one that could act that out, but safely. And then I was in front and she had him kind of rage and I went into my freeze, but everyone's supporting me to break my freeze and say, back off, you know, like push push back and I couldn't do it. And so like she kept putting people behind me, another women, another woman. They all had their hands on my back and then more and more and more. And then finally out comes this like rah, back off like this this voice. It you know, and I realized as a child, when my father had been aggressive, I used to stand and, and say you know, fuck off, this is not okay. But my mom stopped me. No, it's not safe to stand up to a man and, like, shh, be, you know, and pulled yeah. me into the pleaser. I yeah. remember that moment when I was, I remember standing in, because I was a feisty little Aries thing. I remember being feisty and having that taken away, being told, no, you've got to be quiet and, and let men be angry and you're just the pleaser. And so that Tantra workshop for me was absolutely life-changing like i remember that moment of like pivotal transformation that shifted my sexual energy changed like i found a fieriness my personality changed my the relationships i attracted changed i lost i didn't have that fear of men anymore i didn't see violence in men anymore you know everything changed from that one moment so when i'm hearing you i'm getting quite teary i don't know if you saw when you were speaking i'm like oh, getting moved by what you're sharing and just you know that i have my own experience that i needed that setup i needed that reenactment and setup with safety going to this edgy place where most people are afraid to go with with vi- going into violence like finding out my own wrath again and, and bringing that back. And it's not that it made me into an angry woman. It made me into an empowered woman. And, if, you know, like... Exactly. That's yeah. the beauty of it.
0: And we we have, um, particularly when we then kind of come in the next step with dominance and, and surrender and submission, you know, we always have more than half the participants who say, my life's changed after a four-day retreat. That's it. <laughs> yeah. it, it it's like just boom. And uh, because of, you know, like it's quite impactful uh, yet many exercises are super gentle right? and and people only go where they need to go at that moment in time and we really we are a whole team of professionals actually it's not so i lead it but it's there are really quite a lot of assistants around who are very knowledgeable both in be the same as well as body work so um yeah so then then when you come in and actually feel that empowerment and actually have understood that i call it sometimes the the pure energy of violence, which yeah. is no longer violence, because it's not violating anybody.
1: Yeah.
0: That pure energy, maybe you call it wrath, that pure energy of that, mm. that is allowed to be there. And that is so much part of the feminine, you know, of, 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 of Shakti, of this, wow, this Kali, this. <laughs> and it can be there, and it can be held.
1: Yeah. yeah, And,
0: and for a man to experience that, I can hold that. And even turn it into pleasure
1: yeah
0: yeah without putting it down without using it without yeah. just holding it and that can be can be amazing and for men to have you know because with a vlogger you work on the back of the of the heart so it's heart chakra opening from the back with so much love that you can put through this thing wow <laughs> and it can be all be just about pleasure as well. Just just building up endomorphins, getting it all going, and working on the heart already as a source of kundalini and ki,
1: and and getting pleasure going. And then so right, the pleasure like so. There's so many things in all of this. From what I'm hearing, you know, like movement of energy. Like we there's pleasure that many people know because it's like oh you know physical pleasure. But we're going a little bit beyond that, right? We're also talking about energy. And you know, do you want to talk a bit about that because I think this is a very powerful part of everything yeah but in in the next degree,
0: the, you know like sort of after the healing integration really getting consent learning negotiation we go into this this part of where we're learning extensively about a long time how dominance and submission is our third chakra and to kind of really understand what it means when i'm taking totally over for somebody taking full responsibility and i'm 200 percent present 100 for myself and 100 for myself And the the surrender when can I really surrender to life? And I really give up. I really give up.
1: Mm -hmm. I let
0: life take me, and I let somebody stand in for that for for a moment, for a certain time. And I don't even go to pee without permission. (laughs) Right? It's just that might be part of it or not. But you know, like I really, I really let it. I really let go. And one of the things, the exercise, when initiation, where how we learn it, is via bondage. And it's the only exercise I've ever found that actually allows you to go fully back into mummy's womb, into that, into complete surrender. And everything is taken care of. Mm -hmm. So very simple things, not shibari, and it's different ropes. Energy uh, traveling ropes, a lot Mm -hmm. of working with energy, Mm -hmm. shibari ropes don't do that. And also shibari is an art and it's all about the beauty of it. Here, it's really a very, very, very simple and it's about presence only, and it's about expanding inwardly into restriction. Mm-hmm. So it's just a particular body harness. Mm-hmm. that's super simple to do, so you don't have to worry about knots, you can be present. And then you just put <laughs> the body um, on the ropes, and they just fall into this energy in a complete pleasure state and expansion state inwardly, although they can't move. They have to really give up. They have to really trust you and give, give up, give up on it. Yeah? And the other person has to learn to really stand in presence and to be mm-hmm. fully done. Mm-hmm. Some of these practices in, in real life have led, like I've I've, always, I've had one a woman um, in, in her 60s, early well, 70s already, she said like, I walk my dog every day and, um, you know, despite all of my tantra and everything, I just hate these young Arab uh, men. How she described it, um, and I always have to walk with my nice shoes in the mud because they take up the whole space uh, of the pathway in the park. And, um, and I said, "Well, let's find your dominance, just mm-hmm. energetically." Okay, so mm-hmm. she went on the vlogging. She went through the violence. She went through the screaming. She went through, went through all of these. Things. <laughs> and then, it, it, <laughs> and then she found and she said, "You know what? For the last two weeks, not once have they not made a nice move." <laughs> oh that's brilliant she had to learn how to turn on her she learned it
1: energetically it
0: was this very small lady and she wasn't going sexy or anything like that but they oh wow and they were not just moving aside they were also greeting her they were bowing their heads Mm -hmm. they were you know, letting her pass in a sort of way Mm. that is quite referential
1: and As this have, is totally what i found it's not about you don't need to express the anger actually we often express anger when we're powerless but when we've actually integrated that piece there's like a radiation there's like a, almost like a confidence where something just shifts on a very subtle layer yeah, totally. that sh- that well, therefore shifts relationships um so i've really yeah, experienced that presents,
0: myself a presence in her feminine mm. presence in her, <laughs> in her in her you know full full power and and, and, and being in that knowing that she can surrender and knowing that she can hold and just frankly walking there. She is a very friendly person and she smiles at them. She is friendly. She says hello and she walks through the middle. Nice. (laughs) Nice.
1: I love it. What about, it reminds me a little bit of like uh, with Margot Anand, when I trained with her years ago, she had this thing called the yin yang game. And I felt like of all the, the things I, I got so much out of it. And every lunch break, you would partner up with someone, one would be yin, one would be yang. So it's very, very much the same thing. Whoever was the yang would make the decisions, which, you you know, like would be the dominant. And whoever was yin could either surrender or, or express a boundary if, if it was needed. So you've got the opportunity to really surrender. I played it with my lover at the time, you know, and it was was absolutely fascinating what came out of us. But when we came back and had the group sharing, I noticed there are the ones who are dominant who are really caretaking and holding space for the other person's experience, and there are some who've never had power before. I, I—that's my little assumption of li- listening and seeing, like who then become like the Hitler. It's like they've got this moment of power, and then they're really kind of abusing it and making people do outrageous things because they've got this little taste of power, and they're not feeling into the other person at all. They're just, they're just running power. Is that something you've experienced, and how do you work with it? That when people are dominant, they're not abusive. Yeah. So at the dominant, and then can uh, we send you to the FG. White House. <laughs>
0: Course, and we're gonna next year we're gonna have a whole week of it, yeah, those yeah. several days. So, the uh, it, it, it's very challenging because we work a lot with the wheel of consent, and I and I listened to your podcast with Betty. it was very interesting. Um, so you said, and you need to understand that in the in dominance and submission, you are constantly changing around the wheel,
1: all
0: right, but you have to be aware of where you are. So, it's mm-hmm. much easier to learn submission and surrender than it is to learn. Good dominance. Yeah. <laughs> because you're not supposed to do to please. You're not a giver.
1: Yeah. You're a taker. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> at the same time,
0: you're a giver and you're a receiver because you might, your plan you, you need to fall into your pleasure. So it's about both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's about making that energy flow with both. So where is my pleasure in giving pleasure? to my submissive, you know, having them into a complete pleasure flight in a, in a role or finding them somewhere and working with, I say with pain, but not actually, it's about endomorphic energy built up in the body and making, and then making all of that travel up. So do I feel that in my hand is it giving me pleasures when, when I move all of that, that sexual energy up in their body and up to their, to their crown and out into the, am I also traveling along? Um, so where's my sexual energy and I you know is this giving me pleasure mm. it's and I'm pleasing and servicing mm. which is right but that wasn't the agreement yeah the agreement was I would take over and I would serve my pleasure mm. and you ongoing you need to be conscious of well, where am I on the wheel you know where am mm. I playing and then I'm changing and it's changing and, then, and I'm going with this and I'm actually taking over but I'm doing it for my pleasure. Mm-hmm. So negotiation is so important that the dominant also says, so what do I want to do to you? What what would what I would give me pleasure to do to you? <laughs> and where the submissive says, to say, yeah, yeah, I can allow that. Yes. Oh yes. Ooh, ooh yeah. But no. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then really getting that and holding that in the end for twenty-four hours is an... Yeah, and letting go of this sort of needs to be, you know, the hottest guy around or the hottest lady around, like we really try and get them out of this choosing, mm, yeah. mm-hmm. that of being mm-hmm. chosen. Right? Mm-hmm. So, wow, there's there's so much that you can learn. And can I can I actually for 24 hours just give up all of this control?
1: Amazing. I would love to be in the sharing circles on your workshop. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like we could chat forever, but I, I'm aware that you that there's a time limitation here. But I would love if we have time to fit in to talk about spirituality and all of this, because here we're talking about um our, our healing of trauma, our exploration of, of energy through through restriction, through pain, through endorphins, through pleasure, playing with roles, playing with power, so many topics. And, of course, you have mentioned about sublimating or letting energy rise up through the body. But can you, in a, in a sort of nutshell, explain how you relate all of this to our spiritual path, our spiritual development?
0: So for me, this is the crown of the whole thing. And it's, I've just done it for the first time the, three weeks ago, the, the Embody Divine Spirit um, Consensual Retreat. And this is where my heart was from the beginning. It's just the whole point of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I how many of my be like, but are we getting to play, please? But we are playing, right? <laughs> yes, we are playing. <laughs> we are having fun. We're gonna be, you know, in pleasure. Um, it's not about sex. There's no sex at consensual. Like, just to say that, so our temples are not, um, there's no kind of dread to sex. But there is a lot of fun and pleasure and, and sublimation and energy and, and all this. But the point for me is that, can I embody to an extent via bliss that I can actually start seeing, that I can actually understand, that I'm of divine nature, and that the other is of divine nature. Mm. It becomes completely irrelevant who it is. It's another mm-hmm. image of the divine. And so, where this we, we spend a whole 24 hours this time adoring in adoration of each other, adoring the god and the goddess, and actually, you know, honoring the genitals as the symbol for that. Mm. And, um, and yes, again, there were some people for whom that. Trigger trauma and we had to make a short break and <laughs> so I had to go and deal with that and help them through that through, through trauma to so then come back and actually be able to see that divine. For me, that's the whole point. So the, mm-hmm. so I, I I can travel anywhere at any time I want, but it was in Tantra with that sexual energy, keep keep giving that general sexual energy going in my genitals and it moving up that for the first time I experienced the complete flight that I had only experienced a few times in BDSM through the Flogger, yeah, mm-hmm. where you go to flight. So that's the point for why we do pain, not because mm-hmm. of pain, but because we want to get flight. Mm-hmm. So that you can, all of a sudden, your crown opens up and you become one mm-hmm. with the spirit world, with however you want to see it. You see, you travel, you journey. That's also something we learned. We learn journeying
1: yeah?
0: mm. um, and, 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 and really going and invocating. Okay, so engagement with each other by invocation, okay, we, are, we, we ask for the divine energy of intimacy, of um, of understanding, of love, of whatever it is that needs to be invocated, and learning how to channel that energy and bring that into the engagement. Mm. Now, time again, you know, breathing into the lower chakras, getting them awake, or getting them awake with various things. And then really traveling out um,
1: mm-hmm. so flight you're using here not for fight or flight the trauma response but as in a kind of expansi expansion of the energies and the consciousness yes. into higher states of consciousness totally.
0: understanding our divine nature and this is why I say it's a sacred practice and that's how Tantra for me, it was originally also conceived. It's a meditation. It's a, it's 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 an art. It's a it's it's a yoga that gets you to a certain amount of consciousness and consciousness enlargement. So you are expanding. It's about expansion. That's why I'm doing it. I'm using sexual energy. To make me travel because it's the easiest for our brain. I can, it can take me decades to learn how to meditate and, and go on flight, and it can be five. It'd be five minutes if I do it with sexual energy because that's the one thing where we're always present, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. super easy. That is one thing where, you know, like, even the our system response in the brain is low well when you're orgasmic. Um, you don't care about the kids' dinner, nor about the shopping list, nor <laughs> about when somebody breaks into the window. You won't <laughs> Use that to understand, really understand and see, feel, like, feel, honestly, in, in, in matter, that we're divine, mm. we divine. That it is, you know, and, and to me, that's always when men have experienced this, for example, end of war. No man will be a soldier once he's experienced what that means, to hold Kali and to hold this and to be one with it. Why would he ever want to do anything else?
1: We need <laughs> to send all our global leaders to consensual, I think, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, it's it's, it's it's that to me is kind of the point of Tantra is the unifying. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously where I am again kind of come back to where we started beginning bringing this particular flavor as well that's a bit beyond getting stuck on male and female as a fixed thing mm-hmm. standing the fluidity in all of us Of mm. that, so we also we are doing this union god and goddess adoration and seeing the divine but we also understanding that we have the full divine in ourselves mm. don't actually need anybody else yeah so, and that's where One of the first exercises we do in consensual is taking a flogger and doing self-flogging. Beautiful beautiful (laughs) self-love practice. And you do it again at the end. Whole different book. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Amazing. I could talk with you forever. I, I already am thinking that we do another podcast on, on gender and transgender and all these things. It's, absolutely fascinating to talk with you and I think we've just skimmed on the surface of your life experience and your wisdom here yeah Uh, so I'm so grateful and I'm fascinated and and just love how how clearly you can you share you clearly have so much um so much wisdom which I saw when I saw you work I was like wow I saw you handle trauma cases and just really knew what you were doing and uh, you're, you're, I really saw that you're an absolute master at, uh, at your game. So thank you so much for putting it all together, for sharing it with the world, for making it safe for people to go into really edgy spaces because, you know, that, that's a really big gift um, yeah. for, for so many people. And thank you for explaining a bit of it here today.
0: Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really honored, uh, Sashi. This is the most amazing Tantra podcast I've come across. <laughs> And you are one of the amazing country leaders, Anna. So really deeply honoured. Thanks um, mm. to my beloved a lot. Um, and, 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 and I feel really honoured that, you know, I kind a new kid on the block in a way, Anyway, uh,
1: With With you a used... big lifetime of experience. <laughs>
0: yeah, but so you were willing to talk, talk about this and, and allow me to share some of, some of that Aww. love. It's a sort of, yeah... Um,
1: it's it's absolutely wonderful to speak with you and i look forward to next time thank you
0: thank you so much